Welcome in everybody to a Friday edition of Texans All Access. It's our summer celebration and it's the final episode and it is one devoted to head coach Bill O'Brien. I'm your host John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Glad you are with us and we've had a really good time. Actually, I've had a really good time putting together this summer celebration. Not a lot going on, nobody in the building this week, so we decided, you know what, let's do a celebration, if you will, of all the really cool things we've had an opportunity to do since well, since January, really. We talked to Deshaun Watson, Joe Webb, Brandon Whedon, Sage Rosenfels. We had our All-American Dude Draft on July 4th. We talked to Brian Peters that day as well. We had Brian, uh, excuse me, we had Bernardrick McKinney, Will Fuller. We talked to our buddy Roland Ramirez. We had a snippet of a podcast that Mark Vandermeer and I did called Stories from the Booth. But today, it's all about the head coach, Bill O'Brien. Each and every year, Mark Vandermeer and I have an opportunity. Well, we talk to OB, you know, constantly. And throughout the year, we do it every single week. We have the coach's show. We talk to him then. Then Mark has a chance to talk to him on Friday as kind of a pregame cursor that we have for pregame radio. So there's a lot of different things that we have a chance to talk to him about. It's all Texans-related, or even in some cases NFL-related. But every summer, right before the break, and our break is this week. Right before this break and the players you know, go off and get out of here, we have a chance to sit down with Coach O'Brien and have what we call the Everything But the Texans radio segments. And it's one of our most fun things to do because we hit on any number of things. We ask him some wild questions. We try and keep it in the sports realm as much as we can. But I actually introduced him to a podcast that he definitely has to hear. And you'll hear that in this first segment on our Texans All-Access Summer Celebration, it's head coach Bill O'Brien, everything but the Texans. Okay, here we go with Bill O'Brien here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Coach, how's your summer going so far? Good. You know, it's uh, – you know what it is. Little League <laughs> Baseball. I mean, th- I was just telling Johnny, I mean, it, it lasts forever. Right. But it's great. It's fun. Right. You know, they practice for two weeks before they start playing games. So, uh, they play this weekend, and uh, we're looking forward to it. But uh, – it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun, though. When you were in high school, did you play did you play baseball? Yes. When did you guys eventually get outside to be? Able oh to yeah, play? no question. We talk about this all the time because there's a couple parents on the team from the Northeast, mm-hmm. you know, that have transplanted down here to Houston. I mean, you you didn't get out sometimes till May, Johnny. <laughs> I mean, there were some years it was snowing in April. Yeah. So these these kids, that's and and you know, it's funny you say that because these these kids. You see the improvement in them, you know, almost weekly, monthly, yeah. you know, because they're outside all the time. Yeah. They, can, they play year-round. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in the north, I mean, that's the one thing I realized when I moved to Miami. You see kids in January playing baseball. You think this cannot happen in the north. Nope. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, their, their little league season starts here in February. Right. I mean, you would, I mean, you'd have to play in a gym somewhere yeah. in, in Boston. Yeah, often you do. Well, that was <laughs> when, when, I was, when I was at Brown – I remember the baseball team practicing yeah. in our you know, OMAC. OMAC. <laughs> the first time that they got outside to play was on a spring break trip, and our yeah. spring break was late. It was last week in March. They would go down to South Carolina, play South Carolina, Wofford, Clemson. Get that was hammered. the first get time crushed. they were outside all year. Yeah. They just get crushed yeah. by all those schools because they're like, we're outside yeah. for the first time in late March. And even when they came back, it was still cold. Yeah. 
Ooh, All right, so uh, if you were commissioner of Little League Baseball or Youth League Baseball, what are some of the things that you might want to improve on? You, I know you're an observer got, and an evaluator, yeah, and you yeah. can't help but evaluate some of this stuff anyway. This is a hard question. I, yeah, I, I know how I'd answer this. I want to be careful. I have to be politically correct because mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends over there that – I will say this. The, the dads uh, coach all the way through till the kids are 13. Okay. And so it's a it's a dad coach deal, and the dads obviously volunteer, and the commitment, the level of commitment that they make to coaching their little league team is unbelievable. I mean, right. it's it's seven days a week for several months, mm-hmm. and so I, I give the the dads a lot of credit. Uh, once they get to be thirteen, then then in, you know whatever you'd want to call it, an independent coach, not a dad, begins to coach them, and I think that's that's good. You know, I think that when you get uh, somebody who who you know. Uh, can go in there with fresh thoughts and, and evaluate the kids, and, and, and it's more of a meritocracy, you know, where, where a guy's going to, you know, play or not play based on how he's playing. You know, I think that's what happens. But I think, you know, commissioner or not commissioner, I think the big thing about Little League Baseball is if you can teach them the fundamentals, you know, how to how to catch a pop fly, how to field a grounder, how to throw, you know, the fundamentals of – you know, first and second, no outs, where, where, where are you going with the right. you know, Just like the, f- the fundamentals, obviously, of hitting, you know, and I think that's the key. And then teach them about uh, uh, sportsmanship and being part of a team. And I think that's the big thing. I really don't think it's all about winning and losing in Little League. I really don't. I think it's all about that when you get to where we're sitting. Right. But I think at that stage, I think it's important that they learn uh, the other things before it's like, we have to win this game. If we right. don't win this game, we're not getting dinner tonight. You know, I don't think that's the way to go about it. You're a big proponent of kids playing multiple sports? Yes. Yes. I, I, I think Johnny and I have talked about this before. I think you, I think that, um, you know, each sport requires a different level of conditioning, movement skills, hand-eye coordination, uh, all, the, all the different things. You know, football, you, you know, it's 11 guys, 22 on the field at one time. Basketball, 10 baseball 18 you know there's different rules of the games and and different skill sets that each game requires so I I really I always encourage that Obi one of the things that we saw come up in the NBA finals this year at the very end of game one J.R. Smith forgets I don't know doesn't know the score he doesn't you know he gets that rebound he runs it out LeBron's mad at him and it got me thinking about game theory game management how valuable is that for young kids to learn, whether they're playing baseball, football, basketball, whatever, to go with the fundamentals of here's how you field a grounder, but, hey, you're down by one run. you got guys in second and third. Here's the kind of, here's the kind of ball you want to try and hit. How valuable is it to learn kind of game theory or game management and those kind of things at that young an age? I mean, I think that's huge. I think that's, that's part of what I was saying. You, you articulated it very well. I think, I think that that's – uh, you know, after learning how to field a ground ball, field yep. a pop fly, you know, how to hit and all those things, I think then it comes down to, hey, we need you to sacrifice bun here because here's the situation of the game. I think that really teaches kids about being on a team. You know, it's a it's a team sport, and I think that's, uh, you know, the next stage of what they should be learning in Little League. I, I, I love Little League. I love watching it, and I'm always thinking about how they could improve uh, to help these kids get better. In Houston, like we said earlier, these kids, I just, I'm always impressed at the improvement from the time, you know, Michael's been playing here since he was nine to the time he's now 12. He's just gotten better and better because they can play all the time. They're always outside playing baseball. 
So I think that you see that improvement, but I think that's part of it, trying to teach them those things. You probably haven't had too much time to watch high school football in Texas, but you've watched some, and I know you barely get out here to the field when they have these playoff games and and, uh, that kind of thing. But when you look at the evolution of high school football, what do you think? The the level of play now? Because I see some games on TV, and I'm thinking, this is high school, especially in Texas. I mean, especially in Texas, and we're probably, you know, obviously we're spoiled in Texas because high school football in Texas is king. I mean, it is king. I've, even from when I was in college and recruiting, there's no better state of, of high school football than Texas. I mean, b- because of the coaching and the, the amount of kids that play football. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that one of the things that you see in, in high school football now is, um, y- you know, it's, it's a game where the quarterback position is becoming more and more uh, diverse, if that makes sense. You know, they, they, they can't just be the days of just a drop back quarterback are really over, you mm-hmm. know, when it comes to, to most high schools that I watch play, you know, especially when I watch them out here, it's guys that can throw obviously, but they can run, they can do, uh, they, some of them play defense, play safety on defense. I mean, they're multiple, uh, type athletes that play quarterback. And I think that's because of the evolution of the spread, the spread part of the game and spread is an interesting word, but it just means that the formations are, you know, more spread out, you know, less use of a true tight end, more four or five wide receivers in the game at one time mm-hmm. and the ball's being thrown. So I think you'll, you, you see that a lot and that's what we're seeing. Now they go to college and then when they get to our level, you know, you're seeing more and more of that. When you were in college, I'm, I'm sure you do a ton of, a ton of recruiting. It's changed obviously with social media and all that coming in play. But do you have a story that you remember most from your days as a recruiter? Like one guy you got or one that got away, is there any story that stands out like, oh, man, that was crazy? <laughs> that you could share on the radio, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember this is from earlier in my career. I was at Georgia Tech, and uh, we had a coaching change. And I was, uh, uh, you know, kept over on the new staff. So we, we had a George O'Leary was our coach. Everybody knows what kind of happened there. Yeah. And then uh, when he left, uh, Chan Gailey became head coach, and I was retained. And, and so I took over. I think me and two other guys were retained. So I had to take over some of the recruiting that had been going on, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I took over Pac-Man. And so Pac-Man was from uh, Atlanta, uh, city school in Atlanta, was obviously a great player. Uh, you know, DB, obviously, receiver, running back, punt re- I mean, he did it all. He was unbelievable. Right. And he was coming to Georgia Tech. Adam Jones, Pac-Man. He, he was coming to Georgia Tech. And I remember, hey, Chan, this guy's coming in. This is like the first, you know, I, I was the offensive coordinator there. But, you know, I had never worked for Chan Gailey before. So, you know, you're trying to impress <laughs> your boss, you know. So so we all gathered. That was when they really had started, as you remember, you know, putting the signing day stuff on TV. <laughs> yeah. So here he comes out on TV in his high school gym, mm-hmm. and he's decked out basically in Georgia Tech gear. Yeah. So here we go, Chan. We're getting we're getting uh, Pac-Man Jones, and all of a sudden he says, "I'm going to shock the world," and he takes it all off, and underneath <laughs> it he has West Virginia. <laughs> Chan Kelly's looking at me like, "Nice job." I, I called Colleen right after, and I said, "I need to start looking for a job. I don't think I'm going to be kept here much longer." Have you? <laughs> Now, I have about 5,000 other stories, but that's one from early in my career that stands out. Now, you've coached against him in the NFL. Have you guys ever talked about that? I've seen him. I never – yeah, I I have. Like after a game or something? Yeah, no, I've seen him. I've coached against him 
a lot. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, whether it was New England or here in Houston, and uh, I, I never bring it up. You know how it is. <laughs> but it's just, uh, it was pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. All the gear comes off. We had another great. guy. We had a, one more story on yeah, that. Yeah. This is pretty funny. We had another guy. I'm not going to mention his name because, you know, he's he was a great player. And he played in the NFL. Yeah. And he was a receiver who was from uh, Mays High School in Atlanta. He was awesome. I mean, fast. And he, I think at one point before Calvin Johnson, you know, all that, he was probably the leading receiver in the history of Georgia Tech or up there in the top five, which yeah. is pretty good because there's been some good receivers there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but so we're we're recruiting him, and so you know he he was a kid that played like in a wing T offense, and everything was projection, blah 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 blah. So we weren't sure we were going to offer him. So so we said, hey, why don't you come over to during this time of the year? Why don't you come over to Georgia Tech? We'll sit down with you and your mom. We'll talk about Georgia Tech. The kid shows up with a with a pillowcase filled uh, filled with trophies. Oh boy! So he says, you guys don't want to offer me a scholarship, and he dumps all his trophies <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> and he's got like. <laughs> You know, his trophies from, like, the sixth grade yeah. all the way through to his, you know, he's going into his senior year at Mays High School. <laughs> I was like, we got to offer this kid. Just, just on that alone, we got to offer this kid a scholarship. We did offer him, and he went on to be a great player at Georgia Tech. Oh, that's good. You know, that's good. That's that's drive. That's right creative. There. It's salesmanship. It is still not Derek Evans who has the all-time greatest signing day Episode. If, if you don't remember the name Derek Evans, he was on the Dallas Carter team yeah, that was yeah. featured in Friday Night Lights. He was the safety alongside Jesse Armstead. So Armstead has one of those where he goes up and he's got all his gear on. He leaves the press conference, comes back in, and he's wearing all Miami gear. Yeah. Derek Evans is like, hold my beer. Derek Evans is in a hot tub with cycling gear, you know, like a cycling yeah. spandex gear. He's got like a Mr. T starter kit in a hot tub. He's like, yo, I'm signing with Tennessee. And he comes out of the water, <laughs> signs it, goes to Tennessee. Three months later, he's arrested, spends 10 years in jail for oh armed robbery and never even got to I Tennessee. I remember hearing all that. Yeah. yeah. But that's the best. That's, that's the best tub. signing is in the hot tub. In 1988, he set the bar. Nobody's ever passed. Not that. a very crazy. happy ending, though. Coach, who's the best college football player you've coached against? Because you coached college football Ooh. for a long time. So, I know you've seen a bunch of good ones. I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you coached against uh, a lot well, of those Miami kids at, at the Gator Bowl, right? Yeah, in I mean, I was well, at that game. I mean, we coached against you know Vince Wilfork was on that team, yep. uh, Dan Morgan, the linebacker, yep. was on that team. Nate Webster had a big game. Nate that Webster, game. yeah. I mean, I coached against Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller was oh, yeah. a great player at Ohio mm-hmm. State. Wow. I mean, he tore us up my first year at Penn State. Um, I mean, that's a hard question to say, like, one guy over another. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, I mean, if you go back to the great Florida State teams, uh, the defensive ends that they had throughout the years there that we coached against Corey Simon on the inside. I mean, we, I mean, it's hard to say, like. Um, that 99 you know, Florida State team you coached against. Yeah, they That were was one of the great games that year when you guys played them yeah, Joe, down uh, Tallahassee. Yeah, we played the year before, in 98, we played them down there with Joe Hamilton. And we, we, it, it was, uh. I think it was like 45 to 38 they beat us. We were running the wishbone. We were doing all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But they had great players. It'd be hard for me to say like one guy over another. When we get back, Coach tells us who his favorite college football player was all time. This one's pretty easy if you think about where he's from and perhaps the greatest college player from that place, Yeah, a little school called Boston College. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that next right here on our 
Bill O'Brien, Texans All-Access Summer Celebration episode right here. It has been a summer celebration all week long right here on Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. So glad to have been able to put this together. We have given you a little bit of everything. Our interview with Deshaun Watson, Brandon Whedon. We had a quarterback extravaganza on Monday night. We did ultimate 11 drafts of offensive and defensive NFL stars that went to Texas universities or colleges. We had Brian Peters on July 4th. We did the All-American Dude Draft, of course, on July 4th. But Friday has been reserved for head coach Bill O'Brien and the show that we do annually with him, Everything But the Texans. When we left you last, we were asking coach about college football. So Mark wanted to know who was his favorite college football player of all time. Who's your favorite, though? Not that you coach necessarily, but your all-time favorite college football player. Do you have one? Is it Flutie? Or I'm, I'm like, I'm like reeling it in here. No, I mean, I love Flutie. So I, right. I mean, I was there, not there, but I, I saw him. Uh, you know that that Miami pass. My dad and I were watching that. You know, what mm-hmm. was that? Was that the day after Thanksgiving? I yep. think. Day after Thanksgiving. Friday. It was the day after Thanksgiving. So we're eating Thanksgiving leftovers, yeah. and my dad's the exact opposite of me, like. Very low key, very not emotional. That's one of the few times, other than when Fisk hit the home run in '75. Oh yeah. Other than that, when my dad just let loose, like that was unbelievable. So, and and the year before we had gone, no, that year they they still played Holy Cross, right? And, and the last game of the season, and we went to the Holy Cross game at Fitton Field, mm-hmm. and there was a helicopter came in to fly him to the Heisman ceremony. Right. That was cool. I was you know what was I twelve thirteen years old then yeah. or something like that. So that was that was awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean maybe growing up that was definitely my my favorite uh, college uh, football player. But now having coached college for a long time, I have my own guys that I coach that yeah. are my favorites, which I wouldn't want to you know get in. I mean I had so many good guys at Penn State, really to be honest with right. you, which was my first head coaching. It'd be hard to put anybody over some of those guys, you know. I always think that in this business. Uh, the people that you were a fan of before you got into the business are the ones you get starstruck over. Do you find that oh, to yeah. be true as well? Because you have yeah, a different I mean, relationship with these guys. When the when the Super Bowl was here, my wife and I were out to dinner somewhere over here in Rice Village, and uh, and a, the the guy that ran a restaurant or whatever came over. He said, "Hey, coach, you know Doug Flutie's here." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, I gotta meet Doug Flutie." <laughs> he was like two tables over. This was the first time I, I really ever met him. Wow, yeah. I think I had met him, like, briefly one time in New England, but he didn't play in New England when I was coaching there. Okay. He played, like, right before. So, uh, yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. That's a guy that uh, you remember growing up. It was cool to meet him. What was, what's was what been your best, uh, like, meeting a celebrity or somebody recognized you story kind of out of the blue? Like, maybe somebody you, you've known and they walked up to you and like, Hey, Bill O'Brien, I'm such and such. Have you, ever, have you had that kind of situation where somebody's introduced themselves to you? <laughs> Or you met a celebrity, and I'm I'm laughing because it it's happened you know quite a bit, which yeah. is almost you've known me for thirty yeah. years, so you know how ridiculous that is. But but <laughs> I, I met so we were at uh, El Tiempo, uh-huh. uh, I don't know a few years ago, might have been the Super Bowl again during that when all the stars were here, you know. And so uh, Colleen and I are eating dinner, and there's Rudy 
from uh, oh yeah from the movie Rudy. <laughs> Rudy Rudy. Yeah, He's Rudy. sitting right there. Yeah. The real Rudy. The real Rudy. Yeah. Rudy Rudiger or whatever his name. I mean, it was That's unbelievable. I met Rudy. No, but I really the people that I've enjoyed meeting are like, uh, you know, meeting President Bush. You know, yeah. Bush 40. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, th- those those types of people. And then you go back and you, you research them and you think about their lives, especially a guy like President Bush. Uh, I'm talking about <clears throat> uh, 40, 41 mm-hmm. uh, who lives here in Houston. He He's... He's an amazing guy, and so I, I never had the honor of meeting Barbara Bush. Yeah. Uh, but I met President Bush uh, with Mr. McNair when, when uh, I first got hired here, and that was very, very cool. That was, that was pretty. That was something I'll never forget. You mentioned research. We know you read a lot. All right. Yeah. So, give us a book you've read lately you really like, and yeah. just tell us about it. I'm, as you guys know, I read multiple books at a time, which is idiotic, but that's kind of <laughs> what I do. Uh, so you have to read Bruce Springsteen's biography, auto, oh, really? auto, autobiography. He, he wrote it. I've himself. heard that this was good. It's incredible. Have you read it? No. Uh, you guys got to read it. I mean, his life, his life and the risks that he took and his family life. And I mean, it's all in there. And driving cross country to California from New Jersey doesn't work out. Drives back to New Jersey, you know, with bandmates. And, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, and that, that's just a cool, cool book. And I, I'm also, I, I started uh, uh, John McCain's uh, autobiography, Restless Wave. That, that's, I just started that one. That, that looks awesome. And then I'm reading Nick Saban's Fourth and Goal that Phil Savage yeah. wrote. So yeah, those are the that three that are on the, on oh, the Savage desk. Savage wrote that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Well, it's Savage good. is the color analyst for Alabama football. Yeah. like old. So, that's right. So he's around him. So, yeah, that was one. That's my, you listen to podcasts at all? Because I got a good one for you. I got a good one for you. Know, you know, I don't. You'll understand why I tell you this in a second. Do I've heard podcasts? about these. I don't listen. I mean, I do. I listen to, uh, you know, our, our website stuff sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. just to Thank listen you. to what's going on. But, uh, but, uh, but I don't really do it that often. Okay. Well, I'll get you started on one. It's called Crime Town. Crime Town. It's called Crime Town. It's like a 12-part series, and you understand why I tell you this. Crime Town. I'm putting it in my notes here. It's about Providence and Buddy Cianci. <laughs> See? Oh. He had the same reaction I did. I had two people in this building that have told me. I had a beer with him one time See? At, at Oliver's. I told that that's what I've said. You remember this, Oliver's? Yes, I do. He used to come to – it's the only – it was the only place we had on campus that you could go to imbibe, if you will. That was the only place. And yeah. for my first that year, was. probably your first couple of years, it was closed. And then they opened it back up, and we would go there periodically. And I remember going in there one night, and Rick Britton was there, our buddy Rick. Yeah. And Rick was in there. was like, yo, buddy's over there. <laughs> and he was there all the time. And Buddy Cianci was the mayor of Providence. And this crime town tells the story, essentially, of Providence – of the Patriarca family yep. and of Buddy Cianci. And so I've gotten through part one. It's like 25 minutes an episode. Okay. And it's fantastic. Like, I was sold. Both Drew and Eric told me, like, separately, you got it. You'll understand. You'll, and I was like, yeah, Cianci used to come to the mayor of Providence, two-time mayor yeah. of Providence, the longest running. He had one stint. He went to jail. And he went to jail. And right. then he came back and won again. He won a second. In After Providence. getting out of jail. Was that's that being well-liked. Yes, crime town. <laughs> a lot of forgiveness. That's, that's, a, that's one, I think, when you're getting your interval training on, that's a, probably a good one. They've got all kinds of stuff. The first episode, they had interviews. They pulled stuff off TV. They had Cianci speaking at different things. I think you would really enjoy podcasts because that's the way you can get a workout in, listen to yeah, a podcast. Yeah, listen to it. That's right. And, yeah. you know, instead of that's reading the book idea. and taking time. So 
That would be a good podcast. When, you, when you're not listening to Texans radio. Then. Yes. Okay. Of course. There's got to be a priority. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. You guys do a lot of different things, which is cool. You know, I mean, I, I, obviously you two guys, but <coughs> Drew know, and DP Drew and, and everything. DP. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in this business, I always say this, we go seven months, the ball is not even snapped, and we talk about the team for seven months. Yeah. You know, and it's no game action. I tell everybody that. It's Amer- I, And I love the Astros. I love baseball, but. This is America's game, is mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah, I mean, people want this info, twenty four seven, three sixty five. You know, that's the, that's what this league's about. Our preseason right games outrated the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> was, was, that's great. Was that tight? That's good to know. I mean, with all due respect, <laughs> but it shows it, it proves your point. Uh, you were talking about dinner, having dinner with Colleen. You get a free dinner for four anywhere you want, anywhere you want. You can invite three living people. It's like having a foursome. Living people? Three living people. Mm. Three no, how people about living. living or dead? Okay, living or dead. All right. You get three. Let's expand the pool. All right. Expand. <laughs> it's a pretty big pool now. You get three people that you can bring with you to a dinner. You can have a quartet at dinner wherever you want. Who are you bringing? Who's your four? I would, I would love to bring, this will sound crazy to you in some ways, but just because of the, the type of people, the diversity of people. But I would love, first I would bring Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I would bring both President Bushes, and I would bring Barack Obama. Wow, that's what I would bring, and I think that would be very cool to get all the different perspectives on the different eras and the different, right. you know, all the yep. different risks that all four of those people took, and they all come from different backgrounds, have obviously different beliefs, and but all four are very respected, you know. I think and. But well, that's what I would do. That's what I'd bring. That's excellent. I've never met uh, Bush 41's son, mm-hmm. um, but I, 43. And mm-hmm. but I but I I would like to meet him. He's been here. A I time I, or I know. Two, I but... just feel like he'd be a cool guy to meet. He yep. just seems like a very funny, yep. funny guy. So yeah, those would be the four I would say. Excellent. All right, uh, let's get into some other sports here for okay. a moment. Uh, you've mentioned before that the U.S. Open is your favorite golf tournament to watch. Uh, you would like the majors, of course, but you don't get to watch the PGA seasons going right. on. And Masters, you got other stuff going on, draft, OTAs. But U.S. Open, you've said memories of your dad and you watching golf. Yeah. All right, so this past one, was it ridiculous to you or was that good, watching all the guys struggle and some guys having trouble breaking 80? Yeah, I Again, I'm I'm going to be honest about this with you guys because I thought it was awesome. In mm-hmm. in the guys that just said, you know what, I'm going to figure this out, were right. the guys that did well. Brooks Kepka said, well, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out, and and I, and he won. Right. The guy. I mean, I just have never heard so many complaints yep. about a golf course. Like, and I don't look. I'm not a. I mean, I golf. I'm terrible, but I. And I get it, but I mean, like, look, like, this is the national championship. This is what it is, and right. so you're not going to win twenty under. You're going to have to basically shoot even par to win, and and that's what Kepka did. And he and if you watch Kepka the whole time, like, I love watching these guys because he really kept his cool. He never yeah. the the last hole when he hit it off the grandstand. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. And he had a tough chip because it was like a downhill. You know the the green was sloped downhill from where he was right. chipping. Man, he nailed that chip. There yeah. was that par three too, where he overshot. Then yeah. he hits it in the bunker, but he gets bogey. It was a big bogey at the time. But yeah, you're right. His, but he his never demeanor. lost his composure, yep. and I just mm-hmm. I just thought that that was awesome. And I I, I love watching that tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, just because 
of what we're talking about. I always think that's probably the toughest golf course. And I mean, the rough that they had to hit. How about the one where they were? It was like Friday, and they were looking for. Uh, I think it was Dustin Johnson's ball, and he's like, "I know it's right here. I know it's right here." And there's like 20 people around that ball. I was texting my dad. I'm like, "This looks like us <laughs> up on Cape Cod looking for our ball." But is is that kind of like the golf equivalent of a snow game in football? You know, when you have these games where, and Joe Webb played in one of those last year. You know, your Joe yeah. Webb, where the conditions are so like the game plan is completely fig- thrown out, and you got to figure it out on the go. You got to figure it out. I mean, we've. We haven't had too many of those types of games here since I've been here, but when I was in New England, we had the game in Buffalo where 60 to 70 mile an hour wins. We threw the ball maybe eight times, and they were little flat passes to the fullback off of play action. We Mm -hmm. ran the ball 65 times and beat the Bills like 13 to 10. Right. I mean, we had to change, you know, because of the weather. And that was one thing. That was probably one of the the thousand things I, I learned from Bill that was one of them, you know, like you just have to be able to deal with the elements here. It's hard because it's always hot here. So you're not dealing with all the different snow and rain, Mm -hmm. you know, weather wise outside, you know, you deal with rain, but, and, and plus the fact here, you're playing indoors half the season. Yeah. And then, you know, then you're playing up at Indy and you're playing other indoor games during the season. So you're really not playing outdoors that much until later in the season sometimes. But we, this year, you know, I think we go to the East Coast late, so we're going to have to deal with some elements. Yeah, four of them. Yeah, all, all together. Right? Yeah. yeah, we're on Eastern time. I think the entire road trip, except for Denver and whatever Nashville, I think at that point. Look, we can't help it. We'll get back to the NFL and the Texans in some respects every time we talk. It, it's natural with the three of us to do that, but we tried to avoid it if at all possible. But I thought it was interesting story right there about that Bill told about spending time with Bill Belichick, and I. Remember that distinctly when I was watching America's Game in 2003 on the Patriots and Charlie Weiss was the offensive coordinator at the time and he was interviewed about that particular year and he said, look, we won games 37-34, we won games 9-3. to He said, Bill Belichick knows the type of game you're playing and the type of game that you have to play to win that game. And I thought it was, it was on point. Whenever I think of teams, I think of that comment that Charlie made and that obviously was what Coach O'Brien was talking about Right there. Now, when we get back, team versus individual. I framed a question to Coach in such a way that it tells you a little bit more about Coach being team person versus individual. Would you rather win a team award or would you rather win an individual championship? Talk about that next right here in Texans All Access, a summer celebration with Bill O'Brien. We've got one final segment of our summer celebration right here on Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And all week, we have been replaying some of the great stuff we have been providing for you throughout this entire offseason. Like I said earlier, we've had interviews with all the quarterbacks. Watson Webb Wheaton, Sage Rosenfels. We had Ultimate Eleven draft. We had an All-American Dude draft. We had Roland Ramirez who has rehabbed some of the best and brightest in this building. But this Friday show is dedicated to our Everything But the Texans radio hour with Bill O'Brien. And we've been playing that interview for you essentially in its entirety. Nothing cut from it, just cut up into three different segments. Now, 
I start off this third segment with Coach asking a question that I think a lot of people have gotten over time. And growing up, I always I participated in both individual and team sports. I did track and field, played golf. But then when I got to high school, I played three team sports, football, basketball, baseball. And I always got more joy out of winning a team sport event, whether it was game, championship, whatever, tournament, whatever the case might be. I always loved being in those team environments. I, I don't know. That was, just, that was just me. Now, I know there are some that, that don't feel that way, would rather win an individual tournament. They're golfers, tennis players, whatever the case might be. And so I decided to ask Coach, knowing full well what I imagined his answer would be, we had talked a lot of U.S. Open. And so I figured, you know what, why not build that into this question? And so I asked him an either-or question to start our conversation in segment three. So you're talking about the U.S. Open. So I've always wondered this because I've played on teams my entire life, but I've always said, you know, winning an individual award would be pretty cool. So you can win one, either the U.S. Open or you can win a World Series. Which one would you rather win? I'm a – so – I'm a team sport guy, so I'm going to say the World Series. Like, I went, and I know this wasn't the World Series, but I went to the Astros the other night when Bregman hit the, the yeah, walk-off yeah. double mm-hmm. off the wall. Yep. The way that those guys celebrated winning that game, like, sent chills, you know, down my spine. I just envisioned, you know, our team, mm-hmm. Fairburn kicking a winning field goal, Watson throwing a winning touchdown. Yep. Yep. You know, I just envisioned our team doing something like that. I, I just – I just love that about the team sport. So I think when you win a championship, I remember like the guys, so I've been to two Super Bowls, lost them both, nothing worse than that. Really nothing worse than that. But That's what I, Charlie Casserly said once because yeah, he was brutal. with the Redskins when they lost to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. He said there's nothing worse. You'd yeah, rather they rope lose, it off. And they, you'd rather lose the AFC championship yeah, than a championship I mean, it's game. not good. Gosh. But, so I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, the experience <laughs> of being in the Super Bowl yeah, was yeah, great yeah. and all right, that, right. but – but anyways, the, when the guys that were on our team that had won championships, those teams have a bond that will never be broken. Yep. You know, we have I have a bond with a lot of guys here, you know, just from coaching them and, and working hard with them and all the coaches and players, you know, that we'll stay in touch the rest of our lives. Like, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, I think a championship team, that bond is never broken. That, 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 that team is brought back for reunions every year or every yeah. five years. and. And you can only imagine what that would be like in Houston, yep. as you guys know. So um, I think the World Series, I would vote for that over over U.S. Open. All right, sports on television, after you've won multiple Super Bowls and decide to oh God. hang them up, uh, you can be a television commentator in a studio setting or in the broadcast <laughs> booth doing games. What would you do? Because obviously two very different things. What, what do you think what you'd want to do? So I well, think what – You what, notice he didn't say play-by-play man either. No, you're not going to keep that in mind. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's I, my I think job. that one of the things that, you know, way down the road that I would love to do, and I used to talk to uh, Matt Millen about this at Penn State, was to, to do like – you know, to try to educate the fans on the game, you know. So maybe one of those deals where you're drawing – I remember watching like whether it was Gruden – or I remember uh, another guy, uh, Eric Mangini, did a good job of this, you know, explaining uh-huh. what happened on that play, you know, like Johnny and I do sometimes uh, during the season. You know, yeah. I think that's where if you could really, like, teach the fan, you know, kind of what's going on in the game. Right. I would love to do that. Being a studio analyst or being a 
color commentator. I think that's great, but I don't think I would be. I wouldn't be any good at that. So it's like you and Greg Cosell or something doing yeah. NFL matchup. Yeah, something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you're explaining, hey, look, this is what uh, this team's trying to do, and this is what I remember. I was I used to get mad because I would see whether it was Houston or New England, they would put like last year with Watson. You know, you'd see those those types of shows on one of those channels and and they'd be dissecting our you know couple of our plays i'm like yeah they, that's what we're trying to do you know you're yeah. like Jeez, yeah, stop can we stop <laughs> doing that but i thought that but i think that's good though i think that educates the fan on what they're looking at so was it surprising having gone through some production meetings the last few years that gruden went back to coaching and i asked that because when you're away from coaching some people i don't think understand this they're like why would a guy go back to coaching why would he go back to coaching i'm like look when coaching when you get the bug, you'll, it's never gone. Are you surprised at all that Gruden went back to the Raiders? No. Um, he, he Being in the booth when you've coached like he did at the highest level on a Super Bowl, it's, your game day is not the same. Yeah. You know, and, it's all, and, and preparation and kind of getting in there and grinding it out with the players and then winning games, like, there's no once you've done it once you've had that like you said that's in your blood it's hard to it's hard to give it up you know he he was away from it for whatever 10 years and now he's back into it you know he he uh he's a great guy I really enjoy talking to him um and I think he'll do a great job there so yeah I was in his blood I'm sure he missed the the, the competition the game day calling plays all the things that watching tape getting guys ready to play but he missed it all right, a few quick ones here. Texas barbecue or Tex-Mex? Because, you know, you've come into the area, you're Man. in your fifth year now, and you've tried both. Well, quality. quite obviously, I, lo- I love both, quite obviously. I, it's a tough call. <laughs> it is. The barbecue, I'm, like, down to a couple of places, okay. whereas, whereas the Tex-Mex, I mean, I think there's several p- places mm-hmm. that are really good. Right. You know, you've got, obviously, good company. You've got... You know, El Tiempo. You, I'm not trying Kill to get and you got, yeah, you, you know, but the oh, you're talking the Tex-Mex. I'm talking okay. about Tex-Mex. Okay. You know, then you got Cyclone and Naya. You, you know, you got right. some places mm-hmm. and the barbecue. Maybe, and I love barbecue. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying maybe one or two places. So I'd probably go with Tex-Mex. Okay, like when I like do, the spicy stuff too. So. You do, which you I know do, you can get at barbecue too. But when you do barbecue, is it brisket? Is it ribs? I'll tell you a quick story. Yesterday we had a little league. So this little league deal, like every night they got an activity for these kids, right? Mm-hmm. So they had like a pool party at somebody's house. So those people, they they hired one of those taco makers, like those street vendors, mm-hmm. and they came over, and the guy was made tacos, and you had all the toppings. I mean, it was unbelievable mm-hmm. with the different spices, toppings, yeah. and and the guacamole. There and, are people listening around Houston going, "Yeah, and." I mean, you know I know I mean? it was I mean, unbelievable. Like yeah. I never that, seen anything like it. I know so. that's the thing when you when you have somebody that's not not from here. I mean, you know, you've been here for years, but to them, that's that's you know, that's kind of that's I don't say run in the mill. That's Texas, that's like good. that's what you do. But you know, for somebody that hasn't been here, I, it's, I didn't. I never saw that before. I mean, that's really cool. All right, let's let's talk about movies. Best sports movie that you've seen, or if you've got time to sit down and watch one sports movie, which ones are going to be? I'm watching Rocky one. The original. Yeah, I'm watching Rocky 1. I'm watching Miracle. Miracle. I'm, Excellent. I'm watching, um, I mean, sev- there's several others, but I'm watching. I mean, my wife, she if she was sitting here, she would tell you that Michael and I have probably watched Rocky a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you have you seen the new Creed? 
I heard it was coming out. I didn't. I, oh, see, you I'm a, watch the original that. Creed is out, but Creed Two. Oh yeah, there's another one. There's coming a new out. one out. But did you Creed, see the original? Yes. Oh, so you've seen them all. Really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rocky One and Rocky Two, though. Yeah. After that, it's a formula. After that, yeah. three and four are very formulaic. Creed, yeah. but Creed kind of got off the formula yeah, a little Creed, bit. No, Creed's good. Creed's but Creed Two is going to be fantastic. The 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 trailer, two minute trailer, is really uh, it's, uh, it's incredible. If you haven't seen the the, the Creed Two trailer. Goes, it's fantastic because they bring back. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, don't okay. tell us. Yeah, it's really. good. You got to see it because but, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll charge you up. Is that your favorite movie? Period. Do you have a, another favorite oh, movie no. or two? Yeah, no, I have favorite movies. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of go with what I've watched most recently. I wouldn't say that this is my favorite mo- favorite movie, but I watched this movie the other night, Molly's Game. Oh, that's that? really good. Yeah, it's really good. Now, I'm not saying I, I watched the post a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty good. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't be able to pick one movie. You're a Godfather guy. Love good the fellas? Godfather. All right. Love Goodfellas. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like them all. I. I, I it's hard yeah. for me to rank one. Godfather's awesome. She, my wife, would also tell you I've probably seen that a thousand times too. Sure. Because well. you know, like on, uh, you know, like a Saturday during the off season, you're hanging mm-hmm. out. It comes up. And you go through the, yeah. the, the guide or whatever, and you see what's on. It's on every Saturday afternoon yeah. or yeah. Sunday afternoon. I mean, Miracle just got to Netflix. Oh, and, it did? Yeah. And so it was. I was, like, on Netflix looking for something, and I saw it. Yeah. I was like, I feel, I feel contractually obligated to watch it when it's on. So I'm like, I just hit play. It started doing some things in the room <laughs> I was in just so I could have it on. Have you met any of those guys? Because a lot of those guys were from Boston. Oh, yeah. Ruzioni, Jim Craig. Guys. I got an autograph when I was a kid by, from Jim Craig. I can't say that I met him. I mean, yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I've met Mike Ruzioni. He's he's always around yeah. Boston. He came to a Patriots game. Um, my my brother, Tom, played uh, midget hockey in, in Situate, Mass, with Dave Silk. Oh, wow. I think Dave was a little bit older than my brother, mm-hmm. but they were – in the similar on the same team. Wow, wow! So when Bill O'Brien they were little wa- though, little kids. When you're watching Miracle and they get to the scene where he's making them do the suicides over and over, and he's saying again, again, do you <laughs> cringe or are you saying, yeah, make them do it again? <laughs> I I cringe a little bit on that only from what I know now. Right. Okay. I think earlier in my coaching career, I'd be like, yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they need to pay the price or whatever. <laughs> but now, what I know about they had played the game, and then he made them do that. Yes. Yes. And so I'm like, They didn't Whoa. play well. What a, what a deal that was. The, and then know, the Craig Ramsey's looking at him like, dude, we got to stop. We can't. Somebody's going to, you know, pass out. I think a great coaching scene from that is when they get the kid from Minnesota who joins yeah. them late, and he's really good, but yeah, they, they the p- players are like, I don't know. Boston. And they said, now I got a team because they voted him off. They want to be together. Yeah. That's pretty good right That there. was good. Yeah. yeah. He, did, he, was, he was awesome at uh, – you know, motivational tactics and mm-hmm. just different things that he did with that team. You know, he was great. And his speech before the Russian game is the greatest ever. It's the greatest ever. <laughs> all right, so all right, one more for you. It's multiple choice. You have to make one of these happen, a, a must-make, and you get to choose one out of these four. A four-foot putt, not three, but four-foot putt, a free throw, catch a 50-yard punt, you know, like a nice high Leckler punt, not a not a coffin corner, but a high, nice high fifty yard punt, or answer a random Boston sports trivia question. One of those four, you got to do it. What are you going to pick? <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I mean, I, I'd have to go with the last one. Answer a random Boston really? sports trivia question. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess I could catch the punt. I'm missing the putt because I'm a terrible putter. Did you say putt? Yeah, four foot putt is tough. I'm a bad putter. 
I mean, I'm just not a, a good pressure putter. Free can't throw. Line it up. Four foot putt. That's nothing. No, for me it is. Hey, ask Fair. Hey, I can't hit the ball anywhere, but I can make a four foot putt. Ask now. Fair Bear <laughs> this question. He's not picking the putt. I'm serious. Like, oh, go, kickers no. Free throw. I just played hoop last night at this little league party I was at. And I couldn't make anything, so I'm not doing a free throw. <laughs> okay, Boston Sports <laughs> Trivia question is, Coach, thanks a lot for the time. We really appreciate that it. That was great. Thanks, guys. Yes, it was, Coach. That was a blast. It's been a blast all week long with our summer celebration, whether it was interviews with our quarterbacks, Ultimate, uh, Ultimate 11s, All-American Dude Drafts, or our conversation with Bill O'Brien. It's been a great week. We're getting closer, people. Next week, we're back live with Texans All Access. We'll be about two and a half weeks from the Greenbrier, but boy, it is right there on the horizon. Thank you so much to everybody who participated, gave us great sound, gave us great radio throughout the offseason. Thank you so much to all of you who listened. Thank you. We will see you again on Monday, and as always, go Texans.